Bleed Through, an audio drama by Midhu Ismail. I'd like to preface today's episode by saying that this is very much a work of fiction and that any similarities to a real person or events are entirely coincidental. Also, the department of the ministry that Noor works for is also fictional. Uh, I fully made that up. I'm not in any way affiliated with any ministry. Before we start, though, a trigger warning for some non-graphic verbal abuse from a partner, and some mild gore. You can always text me at sunscrawler on Instagram if you need detailed warnings. Take care of yourselves. And without further ado, episode 2, Cat's Eye View. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The following is the 19th in a series of recordings on behalf of the Maldives Department of Cultural Preservation as part of an ongoing project to record local stories and unusual encounters. This is the English version of said recordings. Recording by Noor Ibrahim, Junior Preservation Officer. This account was submitted by Laisha Mansour on August 5, 2020. The original recording was submitted in written English via email and recorded verbatim. To whom it may concern. I was informed by a colleague that your organization was collecting stories of a supernatural nature, and that these recordings would not be made public. I don't mind your including my real name in these, as long as no one outside the ministry hears of this. I'll start at the beginning. I like cats. I always have. Never had one as a pet, though, because my father is terribly allergic. My neighborhood has maybe nine or so strays that mill around and steal our trash, and I feed them. I like to keep an eye on them. If one looks like they're sick, I'll take them to the vet. I've helped abandoned kittens get adopted. I even volunteer at this cat shelter. They're called F- Care for Paws. This isn't an ad, by the way. I'm sorry about that. So I definitely interact with a lot of cats. And one day, when I was coming home from work, I met this little white cat. She wasn't very little, actually. Uh, very well-groomed. Big, very dark eyes. Almost pitch black, like the night sky. I assume she was someone's pet, maybe a lost one. No collar, though. She wasn't quite friendly when I tried petting her, but she was mostly indifferent. But she did let me pet her. She sat and watched while I fed the rest of the area cats, and I left a little bit aside for her. I didn't see her eat it, but she must have, because there was none left when I went back out that night. And she was back the next day when I came home, waiting. She was alone this time. I gave her some food and a scratch behind the ear and left. She became a constant. I posted on this Facebook page a little picture of her because I thought she might be someone's pet, but nobody answered. And there are a few regular cats that mill around, but she was there all the time. And she never outwardly showed any affection, but she'd sit there and let me pet her. I usually name all of the neighborhood cats immediately, but for her, it took about five months to settle on that, because she seemed like a little regal old lady. This went on for a year or so. Cats came and went, friends came and went, life came and went. But she didn't. She was always there. Then I got a boyfriend. His name isn't really Geis, but I'll call him that for the telling of this story. He was sweet at first. They're always sweet at first, aren't they? He helped me feed the cats sometimes, but he'd say things. 
joke about how I was on my way to becoming a crazy cat lady and how I had no friends except them. I always laughed it off because they were just jokes, right? But they stung a bit. I've always struggled to make friends and keep them, and over time, like, it really does feel like it's me and the cats. Over the course of our relationship, he grew less sweet. He'd lose his patience with me. I have days where I find it hard to maintain eye contact. I, I just sort of stare over people's shoulders while talking, and he'd get frustrated and snap at me about it. And he'd, he'd just say, oh god, you can't even look at me, and... When my anxiety acted up, he'd tell me that I needed to grow up and face the real world. Then I grew up pretty sheltered. My parents were protective, and they only just started loosening their hold on me. And he knew this, but when I didn't know things or got lost two blocks from my own house, he got mean, and he'd make fun of me, and it was, and it was getting less funny every time. But he'd still be sweet sometimes. And then one time I got lost again. I, I get spaced out, alright, and I walk without paying attention, and the next thing I know I'm in Mafan, and I called him to pick me up, and he was annoyed because he had a long day, and he was just picking and picking and picking at me with these mean little jokes that were just insults, and they were funny to neither of us, all the way home. And when I got home, and I thanked him, he said something really mean in reply, just a sharp little joke, and I just started crying. I'd had a bad day, too. And he backtracked immediately, and he was trying to get me to stop, but he was clearly this close to getting angry, and I knew it, and that just made me cry harder. And Datha was there. You know, she always was. She wasn't the most vocal of cats. I can count on one hand the number of times that she'd made a noise, but now she was very loudly meowing and rubbing herself on my legs. And guys, he got pissed real quick and so and kicked out at her i don't think he actually made contact but it was so sudden that both she and i were startled she hissed at him and darted off and i, f I felt like someone dumped a bucket of cold water over me it struck me that he wasn't very sweet after all i broke up with him that day but this is where the story really starts i think i heard from a friend of his that he started acting strange after that day they put it down to the breakup affecting him badly, but first he started not sleeping, just going days without being able to sleep, but apparently he got meaner and meaner, and his friends were get just as concerned as they were sick of it, and then he started talking about being followed, about eyes in the dark watching him everywhere he goes. Then when he did sleep, he had nightmares. Nightmare is bad enough that he'd rather stay awake, buzzing with coffee and Red Bull. He went out to a psychiatrist, got some medication, calmed down a bit, settled a bit. But he still dreamed. And I know this, because I did too. Now, I know how this sounds. How can I be sure, you might ask. I don't know what to tell you, I just know. I... I dreamed every night for months. I was never quite in my body in these dreams. Third-person omniscient, I guess. It's like I'm watching from a screen. Like it's all a movie. They're all the same. I'd see Geis in a room. He always looks shaken, clutching at his bike's keys like a weapon. 
looking around frantically demanding that whatever's watching him leave him alone. Please, he'd say, voice breaking, please let me be. And I'd watch, unblinking, as he drove himself wild, trying to look for whatever's watching him in this empty room, this blank white room with blank white walls. He'd scratch and scrape at the walls, trying to get out until his fingers bled, leaving shaky crimson trails against a dark, stark white. He'd cry, he'd beg, and I'd watch. And I'd know with the certainty of dreams that he won't wake up until his alarm rings in the morning, that he will be here, crying, watched and judged and alone and not alone, until dawn. Sometimes the walls would blink into mirrors, just become reflective, and he'd be faced with a thousand frantic faces, all his own, his own eyes terrified and watching and being watched and crying and begging and being judged and being ignored. He'd try and break the glass and sometimes it would work, but that just fractures his reflections into a thousand different eyes, all watching, all terrified, all watched. And I'd watch. I felt like a child in these dreams, a child watching an ant and carefully, deliberately stepping on it. And I'd wake up feeling strange, not guilty more vindicated. It's an ugly, vicious emotion. I'm not proud of it. One time he picked up a shard of glass to blind himself, just stabbed himself over and over and over. But because this was a dream, he could still see, and he screamed his dream throat raw until he woke up. I think I should have gone to see a Rogia person about this, maybe recite something. I, I don't know. As petty as this sounds, I, I grew up sheltered. I, my parents have always controlled my life. I've never had power over... I've never had power, not like this, you understand. And now, suddenly, I had whatever this is. I, I think I'm learning that I can be a cruel person. And I think I'm all right with that. Anyway, I only contacted you because of my most recent dream, which I'm sure will be my last. I know it the way you know things in dreams, with a terrifying certainty. It was the same dream again. I was watching him scream and cry and beg, and then suddenly, with a feeling of violent vertigo, I wasn't watching from everywhere anymore. No more third person. I was jolted into my body with an abrupt yank. And I was in front of my house, in my work clothes. There was a plastic bag of cat food in my hands. The moon was high, and there was another moon right next to it, both of them bright in a clear, starry sky. And there was a woman, leaning against the gorlig on the cycles. She looked old and young at once, ageless in a way I couldn't quite comprehend. Ancient and not, tall and imposing, hair like moonlight, tucked into a rumafari the color of spilt blood. Skin like paper, pitch black eyes like the night sky. We stood there in silence for a while, the road lit by two moons that were both alien and familiar.
I like the wet food the best, she told me, looking amused. That was you, I said, with the dreams. And she smiled, looking every bit, the regal lady I'd come to know. And she said, just a little joke. Like how he joked with you, yes? Not so funny now, is it? I didn't know how to respond. Get better taste in boys, she told me. And I woke up. That was a few weeks ago. According to his friends, he's doing a lot better. No more dreams. And that is still there every day when I get home from work. I get her wet food now. She seems appreciative. I hope the story is of interest to you, or at least somewhat helpful. I don't know if this is what you're looking for, to be honest. Warm regards, Laisha Mansour. Uh, we followed up with Laisha a few weeks after this email, and she informed us that there weren't many updates to be made. She still feeds the local cats, with perhaps special attention paid to one particular cat. And it seems she's got a new boyfriend. Or one that the cat approves of, which is interesting to note. Well, well, that was a wild one. No, I don't know how to unpack this. Hashtag girl power? No, I'm kidding. Uh, this is bad. You shouldn't torture your exes in your dreams. Probably. Except he kind of deserved it. The little... I, I, I don't know. Anyway, how are you? I'm sorry about the birds in the background. If you can hear them. Uh, my sister... Uh, she wanted me to look after her birds for a little while, and they've been they've been acting more unhinged than usual lately. I they've just been yelling at everything. I just got them to quiet down. It's been nonstop screaming. Uh, they seem terrified all of the time, which I don't I don't know what I'm doing wrong. They seem so on edge all of the time. Like they seem really agitated. I've been looking up like bird body language, and they seem like genuinely upset a lot of the time. <sighs> Also, I'm glad you think that these recordings are funny because this means I'll leave in a little nugget here every two, every few recordings or so, you know, just to keep you on your toes. Uh, no word from Dina, by the way, which figures. I'm just done at this point. I get it. Lockdown might be getting to her, but God, we're all affected by it. I'm losing my mind stuck inside. I hate working from home. I hate I hate being alone with my thoughts all the time. It's just me and these stupid birds. And and then the fact that I'm doing nothing but recording this stuff all the time means that I'm I'm so much more on edge than usual. I I can almost relate to the dude in this actually. It might be because of these uh, stupid little stories, but god god, I feel watched all the time. It's I feel eyes on me. I feel I feel like, I'm not alone in the room all the time, and it's it's really getting to me. I should cut Dina some selection. I, she... Oslo, she must have it bad to go MIA like this. It isn't like her. I think I'll stop doing this for the day. Maybe download Stardew again, play some games. Uh, love you, buddy. I hope you're doing better than I am. again. This episode is dedicated to Care for Paws MV, a cool nonprofit that treats and homes injured stray cats. Check them out on Instagram and Twitter. No, I am not sponsored by them. I just think they're cool. <laughs>